Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of On Deck. I'm Bill. Normally, I am joined by my very good friend Lloyd, but he is unable to join us today. But that's okay. The show must go on, and we're going to get another episode where we do nothing but talk about the Steam Deck. Uh, It is, and people are going to get mad at me for saying this, and I don't care, it is my new favorite console. I've been playing it a bunch. Uh, I've got a lot to talk about today, and so uh, thank you to everybody who uh, either watches this after the fact or joins us for the kind of live stream where we do the premiere. It is pre-recorded, but we premiere it so that we can hang out with you guys and chat with you while while you're watching it. But thank you to everybody who watches it. And uh, I'm going to say this episode is sponsored by Karate Guy Joe. You know, he sent in a super chat during the previous episode, and we really do appreciate that support. Here's what Karate Guy Joe had to say. He said, I've been using mine strictly as an emulation machine. I know it's a bit overkill, but I've been foaming at the mouth for a beast of a portable emulator. And I have to say, I absolutely agree. I have spent money on multiple portable emulators in the past. Uh, let Let me go grab them real quick. So the first one that I bought, I don't remember what it was called, and I don't have it with me because I gave it to my son, but it was shaped like an old um, Game Boy, but just a little bit smaller and thinner. Uh, but then I ended up picking up this, which is the the Pocket Go, uh, which I liked a lot. I thought it was fantastic. And then I ended up spending money on the Pocket Go 2, which for some reason stopped working. Uh, this one will not charge no matter what I do. And I, I does have a removable battery. And I considered taking the battery out and replacing it with another one. But now that I have the Steam Deck, I just don't see myself doing that. Uh, but I'm, I'm always, I've always been a fan of the portable emulators. I have uh, right over there an arcade. You know what? I'll just turn the camera. There's an arcade. There's an arcade machine right there that has a whole bunch of emulators on it and I've really had a lot of fun with that but being able to take the games with me is this whole other level of fantasticness because being able to uh, take the games with you and play on the go and just you know anytime that you want you can load up a save state which is instantaneous and jump back into a game that you've been playing it means that I spend more time playing retro games than I probably otherwise would have. And I think that that's a fantastic thing. Recently, I've been playing a lot of Shining Force for the Sega Genesis on um, on RetroArch on the, on the Steam Deck. And it's just, it's so fantastic. And th- like, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I tweeted it out the other day. I said, name a... Show me a game where the battle music just lives in your head. And I said, I'll go first. And I, I put in a GIF from Shining Force because that game just has such fantastic music. And playing the game again takes me back to being a kid. Um, now, I, he says in his Super Chat that it's a beast of a, an emulation machine. And it absolutely is a beast of an emulation machine. 
I am definitely underusing it in that regard because I have been just playing NES, Super NES, Sega Genesis, TurboGrafx-16, like the 8 and 16-bit era. And sure, I know that I could emulate a PlayStation on there. I know that I could emulate uh, any number of consoles all the way up to even the Switch. But like, if I want to play a Switch game, I'm just going to play it on my Switch. And if I want to play, and, and I know... You know, I could get a higher frame rate or something on the Steam Deck because it's more powerful. Uh, but I'm just fine playing it on the system that it's designed for. And the Switch I can already take with me if I want. So I kind of I kind of I, I just draw the line at 8 and 16-bit games. But there, there's nothing that I've played on the Steam Deck uh, as far as emulation goes that just doesn't just get knocked right out of the park. It's just absolutely fantastic. Anyway... Karate Guy Joe, thanks so much for the super chat and for supporting the show. We really do appreciate it here. Let's move on and talk about... Um, I did a video uh, last week. Well, it was this week. But by the time you are, are uh, watching this, it was last week, where I talked about some strategy games that I really have been enjoying on the Steam Deck. And uh, I said there, there were four strategy games, three of them that were awesome and one that you should avoid. And actually, big thank you to everybody who replied in the comments because I was being dumb. Uh, XCOM 2, which is a really fantastic game that I just have not been uh, enjoying on the Steam Deck because I was fighting to try and get the controls set up. Now, there was an official Steam, uh, Steam controller layout for XCOM 2, and when I tried using it, I didn't really like the way it was, and I could have, like fiddled with it a little bit in order to get it to work the way that I wanted. But what I ended up doing is like I did some research and it turned out that the game supported controllers. And so I kept trying to get the the uh, system or, or the game to recognize the Steam controller inputs as or the Steam Deck inputs as just regular controller. And it just would not. And so in that video... I basically said, you know, maybe leave XCOM 2 at home and, and just play these other awesome strategy games. And if you want to know more about those other awesome strategy games, um, I'll try and put a link in the description down below so that you can see that. But I, I, I really appreciate the commenters because the commenters were like, Bill, you big dummy. Uh, this is an old game. And older games, you usually would have to go into the settings and like do a toggle to tell the game, hey, I'm going to use a controller. And it's been so long since I've played a game that did that, that it never even occurred to me. So I was like trying, like I would turn it on controller, I would set up the Steam Deck as a controller, and the game would not respond at all, and I couldn't figure it out, and it was very frustrating to me. Well, it turns out you go into the settings, you hit that toggle, and everything works just fine. So... Uh, I just wanted to say a bit of a retraction there, that XCOM 2 is awesome on Steam Deck, although I would think that a game that is as older as it is would run better. I had to lower some of the settings in order to maintain a smooth frame rate, but it's it's working really well. Uh, another thing that a lot of people were sending in messages about is they were saying, you know, I saw this when I think strategy games in PC, I think real-time strategy and like some people were asking me to make a video about real-time strategy games. Now, personally, 
I'm not into real-time strategy games very much. However, I did go looking through my library, and I don't remember when, but uh, I don't know, a few years back, I bought, boy, uh, it was like a Star Wars bundle. It was tons and tons and tons of Star Wars games. And in that was Star Wars, I don't remember what it's called because I never played it before, but I'm loading it up on my Steam Deck right now. You can see that I'm in the middle of playing Oblivion. Um, uh, It's Star Wars, let me go to my home. Oh, goodness, Star Wars Empire at War. Uh, So I've been playing Star Wars Empire at War on the Steam Deck, and I have to say... That first off, I opened up a website that showed me all of the keybinds that you would have to do, and it's a lot. Uh, but it's a very mouse-driven game, and so I'm working on possibly doing a video for how you can play a traditional mouse-based uh, real-time strategy game on the Steam Deck. And if that's something that you guys want, let me know in the comment section down below. All right. Uh, let's move on to a tweet from On Deck. Uh, they said, Happy Friday. Uh, we're now introducing a new opt-in survey feature for Steam Deck owners, allowing us to gather feedback about their experiences. Learn more here. And I kind of noticed this, and I talked about it on Games with Bill a little bit, but I noticed this, and I just assumed that it had always been there and that I hadn't been paying close enough attention Uh, And and then I saw this tweet afterwards. Uh, Basically, what's been happening is as you are playing a game, uh, as you close that game down, it it sends a little message, or at least it puts a little message down below the game. And it says, how was your experience? We call this game Verified. Do you agree with us? And uh, so far, every time that I've been playing... I, I I agree with that with that summary that it is a verified game. I think that this is a very very important thing because as we'll talk about later, Valve is already up to two thousand verified games, and some of those games probably shouldn't be verified. I mean, we all saw the video. Well, maybe you didn't, but I saw the video from Linus Tech Tips where he was talking about that he was playing Horizon something or other. I can't remember which one, if it's the new one or the old one. But, you know, open world with Aloy shooting robot dinosaurs, right? And uh, he was playing that game, which is a verified game. But it didn't feel verified to him. There were a lot of bugs later on in the game. And it, it makes perfect sense because games are ridiculously long. Video games are a huge time investment if you want to really see everything. And open world RPGs like like Horizon Zero Dawn or Horizon Forbidden West or whatever it's called, those games are even way more hours. Like it, it's a it's a ridiculous ask to think that Valve could play every game and see everything in order to truly verify it. Now, this is something that is fairly common in the console space. Uh, They have testing, and I think most of the time that the testing is on the... It lays at the feet of the game developers. Like, they have their own QA, and they have to, like, submit QA things that say, hey, we did our job, everything's working fine, Uh, here's here's the proof. 
And Valve doesn't have that for the Steam Deck. And I don't I don't know that Valve can have that for the Steam Deck because Valve is saying this is just a PC and PC games you can't possibly do that because there's so many different configurations. So Valve is back to themselves into a corner here where they have no choice. They have to do the QA themselves. And because they like they are QAing all of the games, there are things that are going to slip through the cracks. And because there are things that are going to slip through the cracks, it's now falling on the players to catch the things that are slipping through the cracks. And while I think it's good that Valve is coming up with a solution for things slipping through the cracks, um, it's too bad that it involves player interaction. I don't know that there's any other option, really. I think that I think that the way that Valve is doing it is the only viable option. I just wish that there was some other way to do it. And the only other way for it to do it is for Valve to treat the Steam Deck like a console and force developers to undergo QA testing for their games, which might scare people off from bringing their game to the platform to begin with. So I think that that could be why we're going to get this as a solution and it's just going to have to be good enough. And people who are big into PC gaming, they're used to this kind of thing. As myself, as somebody who is much more of a a console gamer, um, this is very a very different experience. For instance, I was playing um, Ziggurat. No, actually, no. Let's let's go back to Star Wars. Uh, I was playing Star Wars Rebellion, which, if you've never played it, is this really really old turn based strategy game that has some real time stuff mixed in. Um, and I have a lot of nostalgia for this game. Uh, if you look it up, you're going to be like, man, that thing is ugly. I don't care. It's fun. Uh, anyway, I was playing that on the Steam Deck and just clicking on one of the menus, go to a black screen. Can't see anything. Now, of course, this is not a verified game, but I can see how it is possible that you could have a verified game do that kind of thing because there's... <laughs> uh, there's too many things that have to be tested and Valve can't do it all. Yes, they have a person loading up each game and trying it out, but they can't try everything. And that's that's why QA testing for consoles is a lot harder and you tend to get a... I don't want to say more streamlined experience. You tend to get a, a, a less frictional, if that's the right term, uh, experience when... Uh, when playing on console. And that's what I'm used to, and I'm not getting that on Steam Deck, but it's still my favorite new console. For those of you that don't know, we've got a Discord server. There is a link in the description down below if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash nerdnest. And on that Discord channel, uh, we always, we have a bunch of different, like, we have a channel that's for the Steam Deck and PC. We have a channel that's for Nintendo and one that's for PlayStation. And underneath the Steam Deck uh, channel, there's always a thread, which is where are we drop in links so that we can find them later uh, for uh, stuff to talk about on this show. And Lloyd dropped in this really interesting tweet from Gaming on Linux uh, that the One X player is looking at shipping handhelds with SteamOS like the Steam Deck. Um, here's what they had to say. 
Uh, Zeng continued to share his opinions on Valve's market-disrupting machine by giving his stance on how Valve managed to achieve success with the device. Steam Deck is a very influential product that has managed to lever- leverage its accumulated assets and bring the public's attention to the field of portable gaming. We sincerely congratulate Steam Deck for its achievements and will keep working on our competitive edges. One particular note is how Proton developers actually improved the performance of games at, such as Elden Ring, uh, which highlights the operating system against running something a little harder on the system like Windows 11. Zeng comments that the team has been working on shipping the One X Player line of device with a build of Linux or SteamOS in the future. This is a big deal. Valve has already said, competitors, you are welcome to make your own hardware. If you make your own hardware, you are welcome to use SteamOS 3.0, and we'd have no problem with you doing it. And of course, Valve has no problem with people doing that because that means that people would be buying their games from Steam, and if they buy their games from Steam, then Valve wins. Valve always wins when you buy games from Steam. So encouraging other companies to make hardware that will encourage people to buy games from Steam is a brilliant move. Whereas most other uh, people in the gaming industry tend to make their stuff locked down, Valve is being super transparent and open because they know it's a win-win no matter what. Now, here's my question. The One X player line of devices with a Linux build or uh, or SteamOS in the future, how much is that going to cost? Because when you look at the Steam Deck, this $400 piece of hardware that is... And yes, I know that there's more expensive versions. I particularly myself have the 512 version, but the a $400 device that plays the latest AAA games, that is, and it's portable, that's pretty impressive. Like, the fact that people are playing Elden Ring on the Steam Deck is is incredibly impressive, and I've been playing Elden Ring on the Steam Deck, and it runs really well. Does it run at 60 frames per second? No, but it is a $400 portable, and it's not surprising that it doesn't run at 60 frames per second. The idea that the one player X can, or that they can ship a competing device with the Steam Deck is really interesting to me because when you come down to it, that device, whatever that device is, it's going to be a lot more expensive than the Steam Deck. Gabe himself has said we, like, the pricing was a major pain point for us. And because it was such a tough pain point for us, for them, I don't see other companies being able to do it because they don't get to make money on the software sales. Like if you go out and um, build a Steam Deck competitor and you throw SteamOS 3.0 on there and you sell this device at, at a profit at all, it's going to be more expensive than the Steam Deck. There's no way that it can't be more expensive than the Steam Deck. And when I can look at something that has the same price as the Steam Deck, or, or actually the same power as the Steam Deck, but it's more expensive, then why wouldn't I just go with the Steam Deck? And you might say, well, I want one that's more powerful, and that's fine. And you're going to pay a lot more for that more powerful version, and that's totally fine. 
But man, can that company sell enough of them to make it profitable for all the R&D that had to go go into making that device? Because they are not making any money on the sale of software. Valve is the one that's making all of the software sales money. Obviously, the one, uh, what is it, one player X? Yeah, the one X player. Sorry, I said that wrong before, I think. Uh, the one X player, they must think that they can. And I hope that they can, because as much as I love the Steam Deck, I want Valve to have as much competition as they possibly can with this device, because it will force them to make it better. All right, this is a this is an awesome machine. I think that the Steam Deck is fantastic, but it's not perfect. It's not a magical device that can defy physics. Um, it, it's really great. But I would love for Valve to have a whole bunch of competition so that they have to keep making it better and better and better. There was a software update that I don't know why this was not like the default ahead of time or why it wasn't included to begin with. But basically, there was a software update which brought the Steam Deck's full on-screen keyboard into desktop mode. Uh, if you had gone into desktop mode before and invoked the keyboard, it did the weird split keyboard, which was introduced with the Steam controller, which a lot of people really like. I always, I wanted to like it, but it was always kind of a chore, and I always typed things wrong. Very frustrating. Uh, But that has now been replaced with the regular on-screen keyboard that you see in SteamOS 3.0 when you're in gaming mode. Uh, So now that is uh, built into desktop mode. But in addition to that, They also have kind of merged the full-screen keyboard with the big-picture-mode keyboard from before, the the Steam Controller keyboard, because now if you put your thumbs on the trackpads, it puts these little circles, two little circles on the keyboard itself, and then as you move your thumb around on the trackpad, those little circles move with you so you can try and type that way. Now... I have found that I type a lot of mistaken letters because I I feel like I don't have to click hard enough in order to input my letter. And if, if you haven't used the Steam Deck yet, the trackpads have this feature called soft press versus a full click. And I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I think the keyboard is set for soft press. So I am, as I'm sliding across and pausing on a letter, it's inputting that letter instead of forcing me to push harder in order to get it to click. And it makes me type a lot of things wrong. So what I end up just doing instead is just using the touchscreen. Now, if you haven't used the Steam Deck yet, then you probably don't know about the haptics of pushing a button on the keyboard like you can tell when you've pushed the button on the keyboard because it it clicks the whole device kind of clicks just a little bit if you've ever used um a mac the uh the current trackpads in the mac don't actually move they use haptics to make you think that they move so that when you push down on the trackpad it says hey tell the person that the trackpad moved by pretending to click and sure enough it feels like it clicks And if you don't believe me, go to an Apple store, turn the computer off, and push on the trackpad, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, it doesn't move at all. But when it's on, software 
makes it feel like it moves. And that's what happens when you're typing on the keyboard on the Steam Deck. And that's the way that I've been using it, um, which is much better than like on the Nintendo Switch. Typing on a keyboard on the Nintendo Switch has always been terrible. Like, like this, the touchscreen is just not very good, especially when you're used to you know, using like an iPad touchscreen, uh, the, the Nintendo Switch touchscreen is terrible. And so you need that haptics feedback so that you know, your brain knows that you actually hit that button. Uh, so when I'm typing in passwords or something on the Steam Deck, it's a better experience than it is on the Switch, but I don't see myself using the dual trackpad typing. I'm really curious what you all think. Are you using the dual trackpad typing or... Are you somebody who is just going to use the touchscreen, or are you just going to use the D-pad and hit the A button in order to type things in? Uh, I kind of bounce back and forth between the D-pad and the touchscreen. The dual the dual touchpad uh, to type it's just not working for me. Okay, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, here's a tweet from On Deck. Uh, it says, "Happy Friday, no jokes today." This was so. This was on April first. But I just wanted to note that we've recently passed 2,000 verified and playable titles for Steam Deck, over half of which are Steam Deck verified. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday for the first set of Q2 order emails. All right. So first off, earlier when I said they had 2,000 verified, I misspoke. That's over 2,000 verified and playable more than half of those are verified. So sorry if I said that wrong. And I'm sure that there's a bunch of comments in the comment section down below already correcting me. Thank you. I appreciate those corrections. Um, Secondly, let's move into Q2. So as somebody who, look, I'm, I'm lucky. Valve sent me this Steam Deck. I did not pay for this one. I have ordered a Steam Deck, and I'm likely to keep that order uh, but we'll see what happens, but I'm a Q2 guy. Now, Q2 is three, three full months. It starts in, uh, April, then May, and then June. And I have to say, I'm fully anticipating that I, that, that mine won't come until June, uh, my ability to order it. And that's because when I ordered mine, the store just kept crashing over and over and over. I think when Lloyd ordered his, he was in the first 11 minutes or something. Um, I think he said something like that. I can't remember exactly. And he'll tell us next episode uh, where he is. Um, But he is probably, uh, by the time you watch this, furiously checking his email over and over and over to find out if he can order his yet. I don't need to worry about that quite so much because I was ours. Hours upon hours of fighting with the Steam store telling me, no, you're trying to buy too many things. No, your stuff didn't go through because our servers weren't ready for this. Uh, it was a nightmare. And I, it's it was all live on the YouTube channel because I happened to be streaming Zelda on my Nintendo Switch when the pre-orders went live. So <laughs> you, like I'm sure that you can find the video of me sitting there playing Zelda and one, with one hand and refreshing uh, my orders with the other. And it took a long time before I actually got my order in. I think it was after the stream was over, actually. Uh, so I'm guessing that my order would be like in June, but 
Q2, by the time you watch this, there will be emails that have been sent out for people who are in Q2. And I want to know if you are one of those people. Let me know in the comments down below or if you're here with the uh, for the for the premiere. Tell us in chat, which is actually over there. Sorry. I want I want to know what you guys think uh, about this. Discord versus SteamOS for communication. Now, if you had asked me before the Steam Deck came out, the answer would have been 1,000% Discord. And honestly, if I'm chatting with people, uh, you know, like typing to them, it's always Discord. If I am sitting at my computer, it's Discord. What's going on here? I'm going to shut this off. Oh, <laughs> Oblivion is running and somebody must be talking to me in the game. So it like I had just put the, the system to sleep and I was playing Oblivion and I was like, why am I hearing talking coming from the Steam Deck? And I was looking down at the I'll explain in a second. I was looking down at my Nerd Nest TV Steam channel uh, <laughs> and I didn't realize that Oblivion is running in the background. And so I was hearing these voices and I thought maybe somebody was using the voice channel that I was about to talk about. So let's, I guess, actually talk about it then. Um, like I said, at my computer, I use Discord. But if I'm playing on Steam Deck, I feel like I'm more likely to just use SteamOS's built-in voice chat, which is why I made a NerdNest TV um uh, Steam group. There's a link in the description down below that you guys can join if you like. And like, I don't type in there ever. All the typing happens in Discord. But if I'm playing a game on my Steam Deck, there's this thing nagging at the back of my mind that says, if you turn on Discord, your battery's going to run down a little bit faster. Uh, maybe you'll lose a few frames per second or something like that. And so part of me says, well, I should just use the built-in stuff because Steam is already running. It's always going to be running. You can't really play the system without Steam unless you install Windows. Maybe you can. I don't know. But I, I won't. So I want to know what, what you guys think. Do you prefer to use um, the SteamOS voice chat when you're playing a game on your Steam Deck? Or do you prefer to load up Discord separately? All right, the episode is a little bit shorter than it usually is because Lloyd's not here and it's just one person talking. So thank you so much for hanging out with me and chatting about the Steam Deck. And if you were here for the premiere, thank you very much. Gives you, give yourself a little round of applause uh, over there in chat. And uh, if you're here after the fact, leave a comment, f if for nothing else, for the algorithm. And finally, if you watch this whole thing, you probably enjoyed it. So please click that like button. For the Nerd Nest, I'm Bill. You guys stay awesome.